Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Say to the person next to you, I'm so glad to be in church this morning. Amen, amen. This is the best place that you can be. It's church. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. What I'm sharing with you this morning is creating your own world. Creating your own world. What do I mean by that? You will find out. Creating your own world. Okay, are we ready? Let's get into the scriptures. Let's go into Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2. Chapter 60, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. Now, it's very important when you read the Bible, understand that the Bible is not God bashing you with his word. That's the devil talking. That's a religious spirit. The religious demons want to keep you low and want to keep you as victims. Religious spirits kept telling you that, oh, God is he's very harsh. It's hard to meet his standard. You know, better stay away from him. Don't go to him until you really need to. You know, those are religious demons. God loves you all the time. All the time. Even when you were sinning, God still loves you. His love can never be pushed away. He is love. Amen? So when you read the scripture, you're actually being empowered. The very fact that you read it, the very fact that even now you're listening to it, you're looking at it, you are being empowered. The word of God gives you the power to be what it says to be. So if you read the scripture for look, behold, look around you. There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of darkness Darkness shall cover the earth. Isaiah is a prophet. He's a prophet. So he's prophesying. He's telling us what's going to happen in the future. So he's talking about his future. That was many years ago before us. But the word is still moving. The word is still going forward. Amen. The prophecies are still working until the end times, which is the end of time. So that's why we can still see progressive darkness happening around us even today in this generation. And because we're in the end times, we are entering into the next phase, which is called gross darkness. So realize that darkness is progressively happening. And there's gross darkness happening as well. So when you read a scripture, identify the problem. And number two, identify the solution. So what's the solution? But. What's the solution? What's the answer? But. But there is a choice. There is a separation. There is a division. But the Lord shall arise upon you. If you would choose him. If you would let him choose you, if you would become the chosen ones, but the Lord, if you would call him your Lord, if you would call him your master, if you would give him your life, 
the Lord shall rise upon you. And what does he bring? Not condemnation, not punishment, not shame and blame. No, what will he give you? He shall rise upon you and with his rising upon you, what do you get? His glory. His glory is going to be so thick that it becomes visible. It will be seen upon you. Demons will see that there is the glory of the Lord upon you. And that's why even when they try to attack you one way, they have to flee from you seven ways. Hallelujah. That's real Christianity, not religion. Amen. We need to understand that Isaiah is a prophet. He was a prophet. And what's prophetic in the days of Isaiah is still happening today. Prophetic means it's to do with our future. It's to do with your future. It's to do with my future. God is in the business of building your future. God is in the business of building your future and my future. And he sees your future as good. He wants your future to be good. He wants your future to be good. Lift up your hands. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You need to know him. Okay. To be prophetic means you declare. Why do we have to pray? It's not because we are re observing religious regulations. You need to pray for yourself because nobody can build your future better than yourself. A lot of times we think that we need to build our future with sweats and tears, a lot of hard work, a lot of money. No, the number one thing to build your future is with the building blocks, the Word of God. That's why Jesus said you build your house upon the rock. How do you build a house? Laying the foundation and brick by brick by brick by brick. You build your house. You build your house. You build your cabinet. You build your room. Pillar by pillar, you build your room. Wall by wall, you build your room. So to build your future, you need the building blocks, which are the Word of God. Amen. To, to, to be prophetic means to declare. That's what prayer is about. You declare. And you need to prepare. And when we read the prophecies of the Bible, the prophecies of the Bible, we need to declare and we need to prepare ourselves. And now that we have a different government, you need to prepare, and you need to prepare, and you need to declare. Now that the election tells us the majority of the people what they want, and you're not the majority. Christians, we are the minority. We are the ones with the light. We are the ones with the wisdom. We are the ones with the clarity. We are the ones with the prophecies. So we need to declare, and we need to prepare. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Prophets, please understand that prophets have to declare. Why? So that the word can go, can travel into the atmosphere. When we pray, we release the word into the atmosphere. You need to pray at home so that the word of God will be released into the atmosphere of your house, of your home. You need to pray at work so that the word of God will be released into the atmosphere of your workplace. You need to pray so that the word of God is released into your own spiritual atmosphere. Nobody travels more with you than you yourself. 
You cannot rely on somebody to live your life. Nobody can live your life. Even Jesus cannot do that. We need to take responsibility for our own living. And God has given us the menu. God has given us the answer to every problem in our lives. Can we say amen? So wherever, whenever there's a problem, you declare the answer. Whenever there's a problem, you declare the answer. That's what God does, right? In the scriptures. Whenever you find problems in the Bible, you always find what? Answers. Amen. Glory be to God. So don't be angry. The reason why you're angry is because you're consumed with the problems. God does not want us to be consumed with the problems. God wants us to be happy with the answers and be part of the answers. Can we say amen? Come on, say to yourself, I'm an answer, not a problem. One more time, I'm an answer, not a problem. Amen. Glory be to God. So the word of God has to be declared. Now, if there are no more preachers, if every preacher would just preach a short 20-minute, 10-minute sermon, there won't be so many words declared into the atmosphere of the world. We need the Word of God. We need righteousness to be declared into the global atmosphere. Can you imagine with me for a minute, if you look at the, the internet, you look at the internet, look at all the YouTubes, do you think there is more righteous voices than ugly, wicked voices? I don't think so. There is a lot of wicked, wicked, devilish voices happening right now in our atmosphere. And no wonder people hear bad thoughts all the time. Where do you think the, the thoughts come from? Where do you think the suggestions come from? So it's important for us that have been redeemed, that have been justified and called righteous to release righteousness into the atmosphere. Now, you think water is deadly. If you drink toxic water, you will die. You think sickness is deadly. Air is more deadly. If they release toxin into the air, we'll all die. Nobody can escape from breathing. You can't quarantine yourself from breathing. The air is very, very important and is very, very powerful. No wonder the Holy Spirit is called the air, pneuma, the breath of God. Your breath is very, very important. And how do we talk? We can't talk if we can't breathe. How do we release the word? It's with the air inside of us. Isn't that right? With your vocal cord, with the air, push out. And you express your thoughts. That's why the word of God said, do not conform to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because your mind is very important. And we have the mind of Christ. Can you imagine the mind of Jesus? Do you want to have the mind of Jesus? You can, the word of God. You can think like Jesus. If you have his word, you think like him. Can we say amen? The word once released into the atmosphere brings angelic activities. There are many things that we cannot see. The air is moving now. We can't see. My voice is traveling and you can't see. My emotions is being act 
my emotion is being activated, you can see there is a lot of things that are invisible to the physical eyes, but very, very real in the spirit. And angels, you can see them, but they are real. Devils, you can see them, they're real. Devils can sit just, you know, devils can sit on your shoulder and talk to you. Demons can just sit there and talk to you, talk to you day and night. And no wonder you have bad thoughts. Demons can talk to you and then create imaginations in your mind. And no wonder people have nightmares, bad dreams, and bad images. Understand that the spiritual realm is more real and more powerful than the physical realm. And devils have fooled us into believing the natural realm. Anything to happen in the natural must first happen in the spirit. For you to have sickness, the devil has done a lot of work through everybody, everything around us to convince us that everybody has to be sick from time to time. But the word of God says, no, God had made no provision for sickness in the Garden of Eden. And God had made no provision for sickness in his covenant with his church, with his people. God had never made anybody to be sick. Sickness is an oppression of the devil. If you can believe that, it will change your life. Amen. A lot of praying is declaring the end from the beginning. Declaring the end from the beginning. What you want your future to be like, you start talking it. What you want your future to be like, you start declaring it. Now the soul is very foolish. The soul is always playing catch-up game. The soul reacts. When you see something you don't like, you get angry, you get frustrated, you get mad, you get sad. But your spirit can declare. The end from the beginning. What you want your life to be like. Amen. That's why the word of God says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Because when you're overcome by evil, you can't function anymore. Everything from you, for everything in you, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, is just full of evil. You can't manage it. You'll just be reacting all the time and you're just being provoked all the time and you react so quickly you get angry so quickly and you suppress your anger but you still have fits of rage why because you have been victim victimized by circumstances and situations and you've lost your self-control which is a fruit of the spirit do you get it so when we pray, we declare the end from the beginning. We fight the enemy when we pray. We direct our events when we pray. We release the operations of the Holy Ghost. And one of the doctrines of devil, one of the doctrines of devil is sovereignty. Too many Christians believe that God is sovereign. He will heal me if he wants me healed. He will provide for me if he wants me to have it. He will do things for me if he wants things to happen. That all those are rubbish. All of those are just lies. God wants everybody saved. And you can see that not a lot of people are saved. You have been given the free will and you can choose. And God is in the business of supporting your choice if you have chosen the will of the Father. 
If you have chosen to be a strong Christian, if you have chosen to be a servant unto God, if you have chosen health and healing, if you have chosen divine prosperity, then God will support your choice when you are committed to your choice. Not just a magic wand. No, when you're committed. When you're committed, I'm committed to my marriage. No matter what's happening, I'm saving my marriage. No matter what's happening, I'm saving my marriage. And because you're committed, God will release his miracles into your marriage. Amen. Remember, say with me, God is not cheap. Jesus did not die an easy death. Redemption is not cheap. It's very costly. So Christians, we can't expect a magic wand from God. He paid the price. Don't we think that we have to pay the price? And what is our price? Commitment and faith. Commitment and faith. Commitment and faith. Even when everything within you tells you, I want to hate the person. Even when everything tells you, I want to hate the person. You're committed to the love of God. You're committed to the love of God. I'm committed to the love of God. Even when the enemy is driving you to hate the person, to hate the person, you say, no, I'm committed to love. I'm committed to the love walk. And that's how Jesus lived for me. He loved me unto death. Can we say amen? That's how you see the works of God released in your life. Amen. Darkness comes in degree. That's why you have darkness and gross darkness. Power also comes in degree. Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus started his ministry with greater power. So there's a lot of growth for us. Can we say amen? You can be wise and you can be wiser. You can be anointed and you can be more anointed. You can be loving and you can be more loving. You can be kind and you can be kinder still. Amen. Our life has been created in such a way that we are progressively growing. And it's so important that you don't allow the devil to stunt your growth. Just because somebody has upset you, does it mean that you have to stop walking in love? Just because somebody has done bad to you, does it mean that you have to stop being good? Can we say, no, no. Come on, say to the person next to you, I'm growing no matter what. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So darkness has been coming in degree. We can see that starting from Genesis 1. Even from Genesis 1. If you look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. Now understand that Christianity is about redemption. That means salvation from what is evil. Okay? God is in the business of buying us back. God is in the business of buying you back. It's called redemption. And the earth was without form and void. So definitely that was not God. It was because demons messed it up. There was a war in the heavens. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, the waters. And the Spirit of God, what's his name? The Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. Darkness. 
was upon the face of the deep, darkness. And I want you to look at verse uh, 4. Verse 4. Genesis chapter 1, verse 4. And God saw the light that it was good. And I want you to highlight this word. Uh, verse 4. And God divided. Say with me, divided. Divided the light from the darkness. Divided. Can you give me another word for divided? A synonym for divided. Huh? Separated. Division and separation. What is division? Separation into groups. Groups of two, groups of three, groups of four. So God had been in the business of separation, separating Darkness from light, separating evil from good since day one. He's still doing it. He's still in the business of separating us from evil. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. And there would be, of course, an eventual separation between godliness and evil. That's called the end of time. That's when the millennium comes. And after the millennium, the evil would still be allowed to service because there were many children. There will be many children that will grow up in the millennium. And everyone is allowed to grow up to be an adult. Every child will be given time to grow up to be an adult. And where you're an adult, you have the free will, you have the knowledge to choose between good and evil. You can't carry your children forever. They have to grow up and choose. Can we say amen? Everybody has to choose. Amen. Let's go back to calling out, calling out, and separating. Let's go back to creating your own world. How do we do that? How do we create our own world? It's important, if you can write it down, don't live by circumstantial evidence. Don't live by circumstantial evidence. There are so many Christians that try to prove the Word of God. You can't prove the Word of God. You use the Word of God to change your environment and your situation. The word is above, above you. So how can you prove it? It's like, how can I prove what's in heaven when I can't even get there? Isn't that right? You know, science is trying to prove the word of God. How can you prove the word of God when you haven't even lived there? I haven't lived in the book of Genesis. I haven't lived in the time of Moses. I haven't lived in the time of David. How can I prove it? You know, to prove it means your pride is trying to get rid of God. The Word of God is above us. The Word of God is what God has given to us to change our world, to change our circumstances and situations, to change our body, to change the way we think, to change the way we react. Can we say amen? So number one, if you want to live a successful life, don't live by circumstantial evidences. That person may look ugly to you, but who knows, he may change down the track. Isn't that right? Your marriage may not work right now, but who knows? God knows if you would just follow him, the marriage will change down the track. Everybody is given a chance to change. I've only one amen. Everybody has been given a chance to change. And 
we want positive changes. Positive changes all the time. They are available. Amen. Don't, don't, uh, what's the word? Don't get rid of what is eternal for what is temporary. Don't get rid of what is eternal for what is temporary. What is eternal will change what is temporary. Your spirit is eternal. Your soul is temporary. So your spirit can change your soul. Your spirit can change the way you will, the way you think, and the way you feel. And that's why the Holy Spirit works with your spirit, not with your soul, because your soul is changing all the time. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes kind, sometimes harsh, sometimes angry, sometimes peaceful. But your spirit does not change. And you have to allow your spirit to grow, to grow and to grow. Your spirit can believe God for anything. Your soul can't. Your soul try to figure things out and think that is impossible. How can I believe God for a miracle? This is too, no, no, no. I don't think so. But your spirit, all things are possible to him that believes. Your spirit feels. Your spirit, sorry, your spirit believes, your soul feels, your soul reasons, your soul wills, your soul looks at other people, your soul flows with the world, but your spirit flows with the Holy Ghost. Can we say amen? Go with me to 1 John 4, 4. Now when we are reading the Bible, I want you to understand that when you read the Bible, the Bible has 66 books, and the Bible was written in different time periods, time frames. And you have to understand that all those who wrote the Bible, they experienced God. We're talking about Isaiah. We're talking about Jeremiah. We're talking about Moses. We're talking about David. If you look at history, all those people lived. And what's the big difference between those people and you and I? They experience God in a powerful way, in a miraculous way. I had never experienced God parting the sea in front of me. But Moses did, and he saw it. The Israelites did, and they saw it. We need to understand that people, we need to be inspired. Say with me, inspire. You need to... Think high. Your mind is made to be inspired. What's so powerful about Beethoven? What's so powerful about, you know, all those famous artists, musicians, composers? Because they have been inspired. Why do they do drugs? Because it's so sad. It's so sorrowful. It's so boring down here in this earthly realm. And they want to be inspired. But they were inspired by demons. That's why they called it a high. A high means to a higher ram. The Beatles, Lucy in the sky with diamonds. We know what that is about. Hallucinations. We are made to be inspired. We are made to be inspired. And who can better inspire you than God? Who can better, what can better inspire you than the word of God? 
It's because we are so used to ugliness. We are so used to carnality. We are so used to what is human that we love entertainment more than righteous inspirations. If you be honest with yourself, we need the inspiration of righteousness. And you can prove this because we're in the end times. I want to tell you, the world is getting worse and worse and worse, and the worst is still to come. You see such a decay when it comes to morality. You see such a fall when it comes to honor. You see it, you will see it, and praise the Lord, we'll be raptured. Every one of us needs to be inspired. And can I really, I really invite you to be inspired by the Word of God. Be inspired by holy emotions that you can get from worship. Inspired by the presence of godly company. Be inspired by prayers, the prayers of the saints. If you look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, you are of God, little children. And have overcome them. How? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The ungodly world. God is telling us, don't be worried about what's happening around you. The moral moral decadence that's happening around you. Because you have been given the overcoming, life-changing, world-changing power. The church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. Election is not going to change your world. Election is not going to change your life because you have the overcoming, life-changing power within you. Can we say amen? You have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And if you are happy to run with God, your world will still be beautiful and gorgeous and wonderful. Can we say amen? Amen. Don't leave what is eternal for what is temporary. Don't think that because I don't get healed now that God is not in the healing business. I don't get healed because I fail to believe God. I fail to understand to how to cooperate with him. God does not change. He is the healer. It's much better that I humble myself and accept my weaknesses than to dismiss God from my life. Because if I don't walk with the wise, I will be foolish. Walk with the wise and I will be wise. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to understand that there are two, two, uh, two groups. Say with me, two groups. Two rams. Two groups. And last Sunday, I talked about the natural ram, the supernatural ram. The godly ram and the evil ram. Today, I'm telling you that there is a worldly ram. A collective atmosphere. A worldly global dispensation. When we talk about dispensation, we're talking about God's dealings with men on a collective basis. God does not deal with just individuals. Yes, he does, but he does not only do that. He does also deal with us as a collective. And that's when we talk about dispensations. And that's when we talk about the end times. 
okay? And also, there is a personal ram. Say with me, personal. A personal ram, a personal atmosphere, and a personal dispensation. Every one of us, we have a personal ram, we have a personal atmosphere, and we have a personal dispensation. It will be your lifespan. If you live up to 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, and 120 years, God deals with you individually as a person. Every one of us is given a free will individually as a person. Every one of us, we live our lives individually as a person. Even husband and wife, even when we are joined together, you still live as individuals. A husband and a wife. Even after you've given birth to your children, every child still has a personal individual realm, personal individual atmosphere, personal individual choice. Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Every one of us has been, has been given a lifetime, a lifetime to live on earth. Why? So that God can save you out of the world, out of evil, out of hell, into the goodness of God. Your living is number one for your salvation, number two for your promotion and glorification, and number three for you to lead others to Christ. This is called your salvation, your calling, your separation, sanctification, transformation, promotion, and glorification. God has created you to be glorified, not to be condemned. Lift up your hands with me and say, I'm created to be glorified. Amen. That's why every one of us wants to have a good future. Every one of us wants to be loved. Every one of us wants to be successful because that desire has been put on the inside of every child. And that's why Christianity that, that preaches poverty is so bad because it goes against the nature that God has created people for. We are created for growth. We are created for prosperity. We are created for promotion. We are created for glorification. Say with me and to yourself, my future is good. One more time. Say it with conviction. My future is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Why do we have to be saved? What's in the natural law? Come on, tell me. What's in the natural law? A person is born to die. A person is born to die. That's in the natural law. In the spiritual law, the person can choose either die and go to hell or die to go to heaven. That's a choice. Why do we have to be saved? Because there's corruption going on. The organs can get corrupted. There's deterioration that's going on in the physical realm. Isn't that right? There's anger, there's hatred, there's frustration going on in the relational realm. Isn't that right? There's disappointment going on in the natural realm. So we need to be saved because in Christ, everything is good. Everyone is looking for perfection. Everyone is looking for a good life, not knowing that the good life is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. We have to be saved out of the devil's domination. 
devouring corruption, deterioration, and destruction. Now, how many of you have gone through a situation when you can't help yourself? Lift up your hands. How many of you have gone through a situation that you can't help yourself? How many of you have to pay tax and you can't help but to pay tax? How many of you have to pay council rate and you can't help but to pay council rate? So there is a collective ram that's being controlled by people and by devils. But when it comes to God, everything is within your choice. That's, that's the beauty of God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God lets you choose to be angry or to be forgiving. You can choose, you can choose to be angry or to be forgiving. You can choose to be kind. What's the opposite of kind? Nasty. <laughs> you can choose to be prideful. What's the opposite of being prideful? Humble. You can choose to be happy or to be sad. It's a choice. It's a choice. And you don't want to be so sick that you have to take a lot of medication that your brain gets screws up. Your brain gets screwed up and you can't think. And you can't choose. And you don't want to be so mad. How many of you know that anger can blind you? Anger can mess up your brain. You can be so angry that you can't think and you do stupid things. Lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord, for self-control. One more time. Thank you, Lord, for self-control. We need it very, very much. Watch the news. Every one of us, we need to be functioning with self-control. It's so important. Church, listen to me. You need to pray for yourself. I pray for you. Thank God that Pastor Dora prays for me. But you need to pray for yourself too. And there are things that you don't even have to pray. Why would I pray for you if you keep doing that, knowing that is wrong? If God wants me to change, he will change me. No, God wants you to change, but you need to change yourself. Can we say amen? amen. Come on, tell yourself, stupid no more. <laughs> it's true, you know. Don't always say, God, God, and God. I'm sure Jesus is sitting in heaven with the Father, you know, on the right hand of the Father. And he's doing this. You, you do it. You do it. I die for you to do it. Right? <laughs> Amen. And once you are saved, you must get baptized with the Holy Spirit. You must receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's called a second work of grace after salvation. Okay? Every Christian should get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we need to understand God in order that we can work with Him. You don't have the mind of Christ, you don't understand Him. You always say, oh, oh, okay, oh, but you don't understand and God has created us in such a way that we won't be fully convinced until we understand. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? 
Amen. So we need the Holy Ghost to understand God and to understand ourselves and to understand demons. Demons are very, very real. <laughs> Amen. If God were to open your eyes, you can see them. They are very real and they're present everywhere. So it's very important that we need the Holy Spirit to have understanding so that we live a supernatural life. So that you're not bound by the natural laws and you're not trapped by devils and you're not victimized by people. Amen. I'm sure you don't like, you know, to pay so much counsel, Ray, but you can't help it because the government has decided it. Isn't that right? Yes. So it's important for us to live, amen, and to lead our circumstances instead of being victimized. Put your hand on your heart and say, I'm a, I'm a victim no more. Amen. Make up your mind. I'm not a victim anymore. And that's why when I first started preaching, I was so angry against those that preached, those that, preached that God is the one to give people accidents. I was so angry when this grandma, you know, she's a beautiful Christian, a loving Christian, but she said, God kill my grandson when he was riding his bike in the road. I said, no, God didn't kill your grandson. <laughs> no, it was the devil who took him away. If you fail in your life, don't give the credit to God. When you fail in your life, give the credit to the devil because God never fails. You and I will fail. The devil fails all the time, but God always wins. Can we say amen? Amen. And when somebody is dying of sickness and disease, don't say that God is taking him away. No, it's the devil who's taking him away with sickness and disease. It's the devil who's taking him away with accidents and calamities, not God. God is the creator, he's the healer, and he's the constructor. Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Say with me, I'm a victor, not a victim. Amen. And when you read the Bible, the Bible talks about the lust of the, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the world. It's not just talking about sex. Sex is only one of them. The lust can be, I lust to, to be angry. You know, I can't help it. I'm so angry. I'm going to curse. I'm so angry. I'm going to vent. I'm so angry. I'm going to slap someone. You know, the lust. It's a compulsive um, compulsive, obsessive feelings that you have to release. And that's why, what do we need? Sanctification. Lift up your hands with me. Sanctification. Sanctification. Amen. Amen. Go with me to John chapter 8, verse 12. I'm talking about individual sanctification. I'm talking about individually building your world, individually building your atmosphere. If you want success in your life, you think success. You speak success. Because you will be the person listening to yourself all the time, most of the time. Your thoughts are very important. Mental health is very, very important. You don't want your mind to be stuffed with junk. And if you listen to the news all the time, watch YouTube all the time, you're gathering junk into your mind. Watching pornography, you know, gathering junk into your mind. 
watching drama, you know, drama that talks about a man and a woman all the time. That's, dr- that's junk. Can we say mental health? A sound mind. One more time. A sound mind. Healthy and sound. Amen. Amen. What did I say just now? We need to be inspired. We need to be inspired. Don't think that I'm already, you know, I've got master degree already. I've got my doctorate. You can still go higher. Go higher. Go higher. Get into crafts, creative thinking, creative, creativity. You know, creativity can be in the way you make your dress, can be in the way you do your cards, can be in the way you do your house, you do your cupboards. Creativity. Keep creating with God. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. I believe that when you are a child of God, you look into the mirror, you want to look pretty. Because you are representing God. Amen. You can look around and look at the people in our church. I'm talking about seniors still dress very well. Why? Because Christ is in me. You have to respect and honor yourself. Present yourself right. Because Jesus is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. You want people to look at you and be inspired. You want people to look at you and think, wow, that person really takes good care of himself. There is a statue. There is an atmosphere that you carry. There's a spirit that you carry. What's the spirit we carry? It's the spirit of excellence. It's the spirit of excellence. Lift up your hands with me. The spirit of excellence. Amen. Amen. The spirit of excellence. Amen. I want to share a testimony with you. You know, yesterday we have the ladies' um, ministry, right? We were doing cards. And uh, I arrived on time, a little bit late, but I was still on time. But for whatever reason, I was so sleepy. I was so tired. And, uh, and uh, Wendy and uh, Jerisa, they were explaining to us how to do cards. I was there. I found myself. <laughs> and I said, I poked myself. And the Holy Ghost was so good, you know, the Holy Spirit was so good because she started, you know, showing, demonstrating how to do the cards. And the Holy Ghost said to me, in me, and I just opened my mouth, let's just move closer to the table, just around her. And the minute I got up and started walking, moving, you know, closer to the table where she's demonstrating, I woke up. I woke up. I wasn't dozing off anymore. So praise the Lord. God is so good. Amen. I never thought of that as an answer. So <laughs> let's look at John chapter 8 verse 12. Then spoke Jesus again unto them saying, what's he saying? He said, I'm the light of the world. Personalize the scriptures. That's what I do. I personalize them. Jesus said, he is the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Glory be to God. And I jump glory. I'm no longer walking in darkness anymore because I was so dumb and stupid before I got saved. I know it. (laughs) I tell you, I know it, how stupid I could be. I don't want to go back. I know that my my mind was dense, you know, just darkness, stupid, stupid, just stupid, just plain stupid. That was me. And no no wonder my mom called me G, you know, a pig. (laughs) But that was supposed to mean pearl. Okay. (laughs) So praise the Lord, a pig has turned into a pearl. So 
That's why you see all the pearls there. <laughs> then spoke Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me, that's me. I follow him. That means I will no longer walk in darkness. My mind will no longer be dark. I have light. I walk in the light. I can see. I can see what's ahead of me. I can see what's ahead of me. And I call that forth. I speak it forth. I see what's ahead of me. I call my future good. I call my tomorrow good. I see my body good. I see my body healthy. I see my body strong. I can see it. I believe it. And I speak it. I see it. I believe it. I speak it. I see it. I believe it. I speak it. Why? Because it's the word of God. Amen. Glory be to God. And I follow him. This is what he says. I shall have the light of life. Life. Amen. Isn't that good? Amen. That gives you a high from scriptures. Amen. Separation is vital to healthy living. If you want to live well, you need to embrace that separation. What is separation? Jesus is saying, these are my people. They are healthy. They've chosen to believe me for healing. These are my people. They've chosen me. They've chosen to believe me for prosperity. These are my people. They've chosen to believe me to be holy. They've chosen to believe me to walk in love. They've chosen to believe me to live a righteous life. They've chosen to believe me for heaven. Separation. How many of you want to be separated from evil? How many of you want to be separated from sickness? How many of you want to be separated from an early death? Amen. How many of you want to be separated from anger and shame and blame? Amen. That's called grace. Somebody said, I'm angry with God now. How come he leaves me in the dump? Well, once again, he didn't leave it to you. You're the one to choose. It's your choice, your life. Lift up your hands with me and say, my choice, my life. One more time, my choice, my life. Amen. Accept the responsibility of making the choice. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's very important that you choose your surroundings, your environment. It's very important that you choose to surround yourself with good people. Holy people, surround yourself with the right voice, the right pictures. Don't surround yourself with the lazy, passive, wacky, prideful, gossipy people. I'm talking about even Christians. All right? Surround, don't surround yourself with pornographic photos, videos. Don't surround yourself with ungodly, rebellious, immoral social media. Start building your personal atmosphere, building your home, building your friendship circle. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Build your world. Say to the person next to you, build your world. Identify and value the people that God had sent across your life path. Now, God placed 
a lot of values on people. So we need to understand that people are very valuable to God. And how much more those who believe him, those who walk with him, those who believe him for miracles, those who are being transformed, those who are being sanctified, those who are being glorified. Surround yourself with godly people. Surround yourself with people who love the Lord. Surround yourself with people who believe God for miracles. Surround yourself with people who believe God for redemption. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Listen to me, church. The stronger your godly connection is, the better and more successful your life will be. Even in a company, if you have workers who work for you, who believe in your vision, what you're doing or your business, who would pray for your business, who would work faithfully for you and with you, who would commit himself to you for your business, your business will definitely succeed, will definitely succeed and be blessed. Isn't that right? Even in the natural. If your business is with people who don't believe, you know, who just want a job, who just want his pay, you know, if somebody offers a higher job and he or she will jump, jump ship right away, your business will crumble. Connections are vital. Say with me, connections. One more time, connections. So I don't think it's wise for us to be in the church and not know the people of our church. Those that come in and worship with you every Sunday, why don't you get to know them? Can we say amen? Iron sharpens iron. Amen. Cherish, cherish the people that God had sent across your path. Cherish the relationships that God had given you. And you'll never be the same. Amen. Identify your God-given relationships, friends, families. Do your God-given assignments with the people that God has sent across your path. And surely you shall be blessed. Can we say amen? Identify your mentors. There are those that God had sent across your path to mentor you in the word, in the faith. They are called your teachers, your God-sent teachers. I have them in my life. And identify your peers, those who grow with you. And identify those that God had sent to you to mentor and serve him faithfully. Amen. While you are building your world, God is building his kingdom. The kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and your personal world, they are interrelated. You build your personal world, you're also building the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are together. Your personal world is within the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't want to come out of that circle. You want to be in the circle. You want to be in Christ. You don't want to be coming out of Christ because you haven't lived that long. You are not that clever. You haven't done all the research. The research didn't go back to, gen to Genesis. 
Amen. And when I looked at all those godly generals, I call them, like Smith Wigglesworth, uh, Oral Roberts, Kennedy Hagen, uh, Brenham, all those that were moving in signs and wonders and miracles, not to mention, of course, all the, Bible, all the heroes in your Bible, their lives are very powerful. Their lives are very, very powerful. Their transformation is very, very powerful. Look at the life of Peter. Look at the life of Paul. Compare the life of Peter with the life of Judas. It was his choice. He, he, you know, he was so, so intimidated that he betrayed Jesus, right? But when his mind was not screwed up, he chose to follow Jesus. Fear can screw up one's mind. That's why I don't live by fear. Fear can cause somebody to lose his reasoning, to lose his sound mind. And that's why the word of God says, don't live by fear. Can we say amen? Amen. So identify and value the people that God has sent across your paths. Amen. I want to finish with this. Is that okay, everyone? If you see somebody next to you who is falling asleep, just do this. Discerning the works of devils from the works of the Holy Ghost. Uh, this is very important. All right? And that's why we have some wacky Christians. Okay, let's look at the works of devils. Devils will always isolate you. Now remember, what's the definition of mental health? You can get along and live well together with other people. If you cannot get along and when you cannot live well with other people, that's a red signal. If you find yourself always holier than thou, no better than others, have many dreams from God, visions from God, you are so holy and so spiritual, you're up there and nobody understands you, you have a problem. There's no such thing called spiritual withdrawal. When the Holy Spirit is with you, he will not withdraw you, but the devil will. What's a crazy mind? A crazy mind is a mind that functions all by itself, will not listen. Self-obsessed. Screwed up on the inside. And would not listen to answers, would not listen to corrections, would not listen to advice. Understand that God has given each and every one of us a free will. Devils start with distracting you and then influencing you and then obsessing you. And the last stage of that is possession. That's when a man or a woman goes completely insane. God is not in the business of taking our free will. It's not in the business of taking our reasoning. God is in the business of enriching us. Can we say amen? Amen. So be very, very careful that you are spiritual but not wacky. Okay? Say to the person next to you, you are spiritual but not wacky. Amen. Very, very important. Thank you, Jesus. The leading of the Holy Spirit 
synchronizes with our spiritual growth. When the Holy Spirit is leading you, you're growing. The God of our, the God that we serve is the God of progressive revelations, progressive growth by heartfelt maturity that leads to the transformation of the soul. Now, I want to finish with this. This is very important because a lot of people, they don't understand. You know, why would God send some people to hell and some people to heaven? No, it's completely up to the person. Because as that person continues to give his soul to demons... As that person continues to give the soul of himself to devils, he becomes more and more distracted from the word of God, more and more influenced by evil, more and more obsessed with what is evil and wicked or carnal and worldly, and then become completely possessed, possessed, completely possessed with evil or self. And to such an extent, there's no way out. There's no way out. And demons have completely possessed them. And that's why eventually it's to hell at the end of this lifespan. But that's not the way that God wants it to happen. And that's why the minute we believe him, God gives us the grace to be the head, to be above God gives us the word so we learn how to live, so that we continue to be sanctified, continue to be transformed. And instead of going down that path of darkness, we come out and we go into the light. And then progressively, we have more light and more light and more light. We become more and more enlightened. We become more and more enlightened. We become more and more enlightened until we become glorified into heaven. Embrace the process. There is a process when it comes to walking with God. There's a process even when it comes to walking with the devil. And that's why our intercessions are very, very important. Because the world is into atheism. The world is into entertainment. You know, I work so hard, I just need to relax. And what do they relax with? Movies, drugs, alcohols, cannabis. So God needs his intercessors. Would you be willing to be an intercessor? Would you be willing to pray for somebody? Can you forget yourself for a moment and pray for somebody else? You pray for yourself and you pray for others. The world is very much in need of intercessors. I want to finish with this calling and invitation. Can I invite those who are willing to pay the price? Yes, there, it is a price. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He doesn't say that there's no yoke. There is a yoke. There is a burden. But it's easy, it's light, because the Holy Spirit has been given. And I promise you, the more you pray, the more clever you will become, because in prayers will inspire your mind. So if you're willing and you're happy to answer the calling to be an intercessor, I can ask you to stand up with me. And I'll pray for you and ask the Lord to empower you to do that. You can be praying for your own children. You can be praying for your family. You can be praying for your workplace. You can be praying for your church. You can be praying for your community. Amen. If I can ask you to lift up both of your hands to God. It's between you and God. 
I'm just standing as an intercessor. Father God, I praise you and thank you for the heartfelt response of your people to stand in the gap and pray and intercede and not to see others go down the drain. Father, we praise you and thank you for mothers that will intercede for their children, husbands that will intercede for his family, wives that will intercede for her husband. Father God, we praise you and thank you, Father God, for workers that would intercede at the workplace, church people that would intercede for church, citizens that would intercede for our countries. Amen. You're looking for those that would stand in the gap and pray to release your love, to release your light, to release your goodness on the earth. That's why you have called us chosen us. We have your heart. We have your heartbeat. We receive your mind, the mind of Christ, which is so good, full of love, full of light, full of truth. We love you and honor you, God, and we love to work with you, and we love to live with you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Everybody say, amen, amen. Can I ask you to stand with me? Can the musicians and singers to come on stage? We're going to sing this song, There is a Fountain.